Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Skinful. Written by Matt Butcher. Narrated by Ian McEwan. Perhaps Lydia would have been surprised to find herself walking home alone after a night out, were it not such a frequent occurrence. It wasn't that she couldn't convince some man to come home with her, because, without a doubt, she could. She seemed to attract the drunk and desperate like flies to a fresh, steamy turd. No. The reason she was left to stumble home on the majority of her Saturday nights unaccompanied was that her supposed best friend Vicky couldn't seem to go home without a man. Only a diminutive woman, barely five feet tall, it was almost impressive how much Vicky could drink. Unfortunately, however, when inebriated, she lost the tenuous grip on her self-restraint that she managed to maintain during sobriety. She succumbs to her base urges, and inevitably ended every night out in the bed of a stranger or a cell at the local police station. That night, it had been the former. At least it was a pleasant night, which served as some small consolation. The glorious July sun's residual heat was still present, despite its golden disk having disappeared behind the cover of the horizon some seven hours ago. After an evening of being propped up at an unnatural angle, Lydia's feet had grown sore, so to remedy this, she'd taken her heels off. The concrete slabs, though abrasive, were cool enough to be soothing on her bare feet. 
Lydia's phone began to vibrate in her clutch bag, exciting some spare change. Removing it, she saw Vicky's grinning face displayed on its neon screen. What do you want, Vicky? She asked, unable to mask her contempt. Just wanted you <laughs> to make sure you're all right, girl. Vicky slurred with a chuckle. Why wouldn't I be? Lydia asked coldly. She thought she could hear a second voice in the background, male and also slurring. The beast is about, Vicky whispered in a hushed tone as though the beast would somehow hear her. There's no such thing, Vicky. Good night. Lydia hung up abruptly before Vicky could mumble a reply and tried to shut Vicky's words from her mind. The Beast of Burnham Park was something of a local legend. Close to a decade ago, a young girl had shown up dead one morning. What was left of her was strewn out across the grass in a hellish display. Her eye sockets were hollowed out to the bone, and despite how many pieces her body was in, there was surprisingly little blood. It seemed as though she'd been completely exsanguinated, as if drained by the El Chupacabra of Mexican legend. The local police said it was the worst thing they'd ever seen. With no leads, they'd reluctantly chalked it down to a freak animal attack, a stray dog, or perhaps something larger. They'd figured that no human could be capable of this dire level of brutality, could they? Not three months later, a similar thing happened, except this time the girl had been flayed, too. Her removed skin, peeled from her as if she were an orange, was never found. When this grisly fate befell a third victim, another six months down the line, the skin had been present. It had been hollowed out, save for the young girl's bones that the skin now hung from, like a kid wearing their dad's oversized jumper. It was as though her flesh and organs had somehow been sucked out through the holes in her face. When a startled dog walker had found her, she had been sat on one of the swings to rock gently in the breeze. Now this had to have been the worst thing the local police, or anyone for that matter, had ever seen. Lydia shuddered at the image now burnt into her mind's eye, unable to shake the thought of the poor little girl's face sagging loosely from her small skull. It happened a long time ago, she reminded herself. There's nothing to worry about. And yet, she couldn't help but worry. The story had been followed by a media frenzy of fraudulent witnesses, desperate for their 15 minutes of fame. They'd all supposedly seen the gruesome act's culprit, yet, somehow, didn't have corroborating testimonies. Some had seen a hulking beast of a man standing six feet tall, others a goblin-esque creature no more than four feet. A few had seen something that looked equal parts dog and man. One woman had sighted Bigfoot, another a lizard man. Soon, the beast of Burnham Park had gained traction in the cryptozoological community. Unsurprisingly, however, all their investigations turned up fruitless. The public soon lost interest after the killings stopped. It had only been car crash curiosity that had held their attention, 
and life continued as normal. The beast, though inactive, remained at large. Ahead of Lydia, the iron gates to Burnham Park loomed. She debated going around, but it would only add an extra ten minutes to her journey, and a lot of unpleasant things could happen in those ten minutes. Even if there was no beast of local legend, there were plenty of real monsters skulking the streets at night. Cruel strangers with animalistic lust, unable or unwilling to restrain their carnal urges. She was a lone young woman, and she was drunk. She was utterly vulnerable, like a rabbit caught stunned in headlights in those precious few seconds before a violent and bloody collision with a car's front bumper. Considering it to be the lesser of two evils, Lydia stepped through Burnham Park's barred gates. It was well lit, at least, and the park was narrow. She could even see the other side from where she was. There's no beast, she reminded herself. Of course there's no damned beast. She felt silly having to remind herself of this. Ordinarily, she was a rational adult of almost 23. Urban legends and campfire stories were for children. A buzzing noise came from Lydia's side. It sounded like... like when her older sister used to put a cigarette paper against the teeth of a comb and play it as though it were a harmonica. But this noise... It was just one long, low, vibrating note. She wanted to turn to look at the sound's origin, but found herself frozen in place, too afraid to move. The sound was getting louder. Oh God, Lydia thought, it's getting nearer. Fear was eating away at her calm like a virus, steadily infecting her with the panic it carried. Spurred on by the urge of adrenaline this sudden terror triggered, Lydia began to walk again, clumsily at first, but she soon found her rhythm and was speeding across the park's lawn. The grass tickled the bare soles of her feet, like the shag-pile rug her mother used to have in the living room when she was younger. Though the sound had grown quieter, it seemed to hold a constant volume. It was almost as though... as though it was following her. Oh, God! Lydia's panicked mind screamed. In a moment of passing bravery, she shot a glance back over her shoulder, only to have her fears confirmed. She was being followed. Out of the corner of her eye, the pursuer only looked short, perhaps five feet or less, but that didn't serve as much comfort. Rapists come in all shapes and sizes. The terror of what was to come next washed over Lydia hitting her like the wave of heat experienced when exiting an air-conditioned room out into the acrid summer weather. However, it wasn't entirely hopeless, as she was almost at the other side of the park. 
I'll be safe when I'm back on the street, she told herself. It's going to be all right. Picking up her pace to a brisk walk, Lydia found that her feet began to ache under the extra force she was placing them down with. She couldn't bring herself to run, no matter how desperate she was to escape. The sound was getting louder. Oh God! She wanted to scream. It's right behind me! The humming figure glided in front of her as though sliding on ice and blocked her path. It was a girl, far younger than Lydia, but she looked sickly. Her skin was pale and hung from her bones like... like the story. The beast! Every ounce of her being ached to run, but she found herself frozen in place again. Fear had her immobilized as though it were a set of concrete shoes. The young girl glided towards her ethereally, seemingly without moving her legs. Now closer, Lydia could see the girl's eye sockets were empty and black. Her skin rippled and undulated, unable to hold a constant form, as though she were filled with thick, constantly moving fluid. Closer still, the girl crept. The sound she emitted had now softened to a low, electrical S coming. In the voids of her eye sockets, Lydia could see that they were, in fact, not empty. There was something, a great many things, moving in them. It was like static on a dead channel, but all blacks. Lydia felt as though she was being studied by the swarming darkness in the girl's eyes. Hello? Her frantic mind made her utter for some unknown reason. A new sound emerged from the low humming. What? Lydia asked. Did this thing just say hello? Lydia wondered, bewildered. Hello? She repeated herself. What are you? What do you want? If she could get a dialogue going with... whatever the hell this was, then perhaps she would be able to talk her way out of this. Maybe. Maybe not. But it was the only thing she could think of on the spot. The humming reduced to a low murmur again, almost like the human expression of thought. Hmm. Was it considering its reply? We are many, Lydia thought she heard the black inside the girl say. Suddenly, the darkness poured out from the girl's eyes and mouth. As its contents surged out, the pale skin shell fell limp to the floor, like a discarded wetsuit. The swarm of millions of tiny insects twisted and turned, 
like smoke in the breeze before finding a direction, Lydia's direction. For a brief moment, she saw them take formation, the shape of her face. They were studying her, preparing to imitate her as they had done with this poor young girl. She felt them pour into her mouth, up her nostrils, and down her throat. They forced their way under her eyelids and began to devour the soft whites of her eyes. She felt thousands upon thousands of tiny mandibles tearing into her lungs' walls and into her throat lining, eating her from the inside out. As Lydia's vision cut to black, in her left eye first, but her right eye soon followed, she heard nothing but the infernal buzzing and the precious few words the swarm had spoke. It had said with a coordinated, harmonized humming of its collective wings. And... We I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Skinful was written by Matthew Butcher, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Kai Engel and Tom Robson. Hey, guess what? Hawk and Cleaver have a brand new podcast. It's called The Story Studio, and it's for an independent publishing company, <clears throat> us, explore the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, creators, and anyone else looking to tell stories in the modern world. And it's out right now. So go search for The Story Studio in your favorite podcast app, or simply go to the show notes and click on the link. Until next time.